Jesus, this tea is hot. Yeah, I like it hot. Quiet, please. I usually make mine with water. What do you use? <laughs> is this fucking plasma? <laughs> yes, I have a plasma setting. All right, in four, three, two. The Apple Company presents a truly terrible podcast. Welcome to Nonsense, episode number 10. I'm Jeff Parker. And I'm CJ Little. This is our take on the week's business tech and entertainment headlines. This time we'll look at the history of removable media. Is that really what we're talking about? Yep. Bold glamour in a post-reality world. Check. How are we, or are we really not, saving time every year? Mm-hmm. How's your week going? Well, until we got to this recording session. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Where did I just, we derail? I looked at the list of what we're talking about, and I'm like, well, we made it 10 episodes. Removable yeah. media, huh? Yeah, exciting. That captured your imagination oh, this week. it's so intriguing, because it's like <laughs> media that you can take with you. Did you happen to see uh, on, on Netflix this week the Chris Rock live special? No, that's the one where he just gets punched a whole bunch? He actually talks about the, the, yeah, the punch thing. And kind of an interesting thing, he can't really work that material in front of an audience before the special because, of course, the word would leak out. Yeah. Do you do, do a good job? It was funny. It was really funny. Uh, I'm super excited about something. Oh, boy. I saw this on uh, advertised on Apple TV. Oh, I know where you're going. Apple TV yeah, Plus. I'm super excited about this, too. And I just thought, oh, this is just going to be awful. They're making a movie about Tetris. You know, no, what's it going to be, be so about? Good. The blocks and how they fall or whatever? The blocks. I mean, you know, I thought it was going to be the one of these things where, like, we're in the game and, and it's five. It's five episodes. Each one's a different block. Today, it's going to be the long four block one. That's all it is for an hour. Us just talking about the long it's four. It's the story yeah. of how Tetris yeah. came to America and, and crazy. the crazy, yeah, all the- Behind the, the Iron the, Curtain, the, how they got it out. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it looks really it cool. It looks super cool. And I don't mean to be like Apple TV's biggest promoter. Like, like I swear, I keep mentioning on this podcast- all the great sure. stuff that they're putting out. But this looks really good. No, it looks great. It really does look great. Okay, let's get to our headlines. The Biden administration wants to hold companies liable for bad cybersecurity. This I think is this is a great idea. Tell me why. Why should you be liable for that, right? I mean anyone who's trying to keep the computer secure so that somebody can't hack into it is fighting a losing battle. Yeah. Anyone who's encrypting data on the machine, sure, th- that will work every time. I've said this before. Yep. The government is not going to want all of these things of strongly encrypted because they like to be able to read them. Sp- right. They like sure. to be able to, spe- to see yeah. them. Uh, I, I do think you need to hold these folks liable for this. The Taiwanese government will pay you to vacation in Taiwan. Animals who are about to be eaten yes. have to sleep with one eye open because they're, you know, they're about to be eaten. About to be eaten. Right. That's Taiwan. They know. Oh, yeah, for they sure. know that the communist government of China wants to eat them quickly. And they have really good reason to want to do that because all the great latest and greatest chips are made in Taiwan. There's no alternative. And so when the U.S. stops them from getting certain chips from Taiwan or getting their own equipment to be able to make those super advanced chips, Taiwan becomes even more valuable. Absolutely. So the Taiwanese government, in order to bolster support, is paying people to come to Taiwan as, as a vacation destination. Sure. It's literally to get their tourism numbers back up. But everything Taiwan does, you have to look at in the fact that they want friends. They want to be loved by the West so that they don't, can, can get defense against the Chinese. Sure. All I can say is to the people in Arizona who are constructing the plant, the new Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing plant, please put your head down and work faster. Yeah, hurry the fuck up. Yeah, this is super important. Yeah. Otherwise, we're all going to have to go back to texting on flip phones. Nobody wants that. Or not have state-of-the-art defense systems, sure. Maybe you have to like, press the nine key six times to get a Z. Sure. Nobody wants that. You know, the Justice Department wants Sam Bankman-Fried to start using a flip phone. Yeah, how's he going to text emojis? How's he going to text rocket ship and stock 
charge. Well, you think it, you think it's a lot of keys to get the letter P. <laughs> you got to go through all the Unicode. Wait till you go through the entire Unicode. Fucking Unicode 165. <laughs> right, right, right. But here's the deal. There's no left button. So if you go past it, you go all, you go all the way around. around. Just fucking right, 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 right. And that's how I got carpal thumb. <laughs> He's going to have the Popeye arm. No, the Popeye just, thumb. The just Popeye the thumb. His thumb. Just, just a huge enormous thumb. enormous thumb muscle. Elephantitis thumbinosis. Would you get on a flight if there was no pilot aboard? I know what you mean by asking this. I quite like it's the a cover. It was a cover story on Sunday's Forbes uh, uh, Daily Cover. Can there be a little robot that still gives me a tour of the cockpit? I'm sure there can be anything um, you like. AI flight. Yeah. has got to be one or two orders of magnitude easier than AI cars. Oh, 100%. You got a Z-axis and a lot of shit up there. You you've, fly you, around you've it. You've got turbulence. That's the big thing is you you don't really know if the air is sure. going to hold you up in the air from moment to moment. But other than that, it's terrific. I, I think I would do this. Much simpler. I mean, I'd want to see it obviously fleshed out, but I want to be the first guy. Well, you're not going to be the first guy because they're going to do cargo. But the, but what they're saying is this is going to be happening faster than you think. The pilots unions are even bracing for this to happen. I mean, it's interesting though, because it's still only going to be as good as its sensors. And there have been a couple really gnarly air disasters when sensors have failed. Yeah. You're going to have way more redundancy. So you would sensors. hope there's way more redundancy. Yeah. Because I'm so impressed with how good the cars are already not all the cars the waymo cars are okay. incredible because those are so good i feel like you could put that into a plane teach it a couple lessons and then i'd be fine with it because i think it's such an easier problem it's a to much solve. easier problem to solve for sure it's it's like the trucks that are driving down the freeways in nevada that are being driven by sure. ai it's much easier to do freeway miles than it is to do surface street oh, of course miles. that's still stop at the rest area yes pick up some ai hookers so this brings us to a non-ai flight question and and i do really don't want this show to turn into it already has ai and flight you can talk about one i don't the want other. to turn i don't want it to <laughs> turn into the airline channel <laughs> totally whatever this is frequent flyer miles we're the points guys this passenger you had to see this who threatens to kill every man on the plane and then proceeds to go stabbing an attendant with what? a broken spoon where is this did this, this actually was, happen? This actually happened on a United flight this week. What? But I, but I, let me broaden this out generally. If you haven't heard the specific story, the specific story you'll you'll survive if you haven't heard. Whatever. Why are people behaving suddenly so badly on planes? Or are we just for the first time hearing it because everyone has cell phones and we can see video of it? Well, I think there's definitely something to be true about the the latter bit. Have people sure. always been crazy on planes? I don't remember it being this crazy. Oh, people have always been pretty crazy on planes. Maybe not stab you with a broken spoon crazy, but still pretty crazy. He was trying to open the door. To the plane, the exit door, the emergency. Oh, he's trying to get out. Yes. And he literally had like partially on the ground. You know, it's like seven. No, they're 30 <laughs> minutes from la landing in Boston. Well, they don't, when they're pressurized, they don't open. Of course not. What's crazy to me about that. I, I, I did not know about this story. I have to read about this. My assumption has been, especially since 9-11, that you've got people on the plane like me, forget about the air marshals, right, people right, like right, me. Right. That are just itching to tackle somebody. And just that's exactly like, what happened. That's exactly yeah, what like happened. There's going to be three dudes. I'll be at the front of the pile being like, dude, you are going to sleep. Now. Uh, I think this might have been more than three, but yes, okay. that's exactly. And they and they hogtied him with their belts and zip yeah. ties and the yeah. whole thing. They they subdued this guy I mean, until they landed. Yeah. United Airlines made a statement where they said uh, they have zero tolerance for any type of violence on our flights. For sure. It doesn't seem like, you know, the most obvious thing to say. Do we? Oh, we have some tolerance for it. Yeah, there's some things we can definitely tolerate, but um, not this. Are you in the violence class? Are you exactly. seeing the violence class? <laughs> the light violence or the heavy violence? Are people more upset because they no longer get free peanuts? And there's this old meme that Ryanair, you know Ryanair? No. They're like the, they are like the shittiest of airlines. Literally a guy named Ryan who's got a plane. It, this was such a great meme that they put a 
a coin op on the bathroom door. And people believed it. They're just like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, Ryan of course they that. did. <laughs> and then the best part is you just give them like all oh, free soda. You give everybody free soda. And then you just be like, all right, well, you got to pee. It's 12 bucks. <laughs> we'll give you a lot of free soda. <laughs> totally. Just keep giving it to you. Tea's a diuretic. Drink as much of that as you possibly sure. can. Keep going. I mean, going back 15, 20 years, I've seen people escorted off planes that have been absolutely fucking terrible. Really? Some of them drunk, some of them not. I don't think I've ever seen this in my yeah. life. I've only had a plane land once to have somebody removed. I've never been on a plane yeah. that's landed to get somebody removed. The real answer here is uh, there's just a bunch of people that are just terrible. Like, I'm not even humans. sure it's about humans. humans. They're just yeah, terrible yeah, yeah. humans. Yeah. And then you put them in a small space where they have to try to be civil. Right. And you just, you get to see the real them. Have we dialed up the anger level by pushing the seats too close together? It hasn't helped. Let's go to extremes on this. If you put the seats on top of each other, like literally on top of each other. They're close. There's going to be more of that. If you put the seats 10 feet away, there's probably going to be less. People have this thing that they can put into oh, the seat in front of you. I will that motherfucker with my hands. Yes. I will choke him with my hands. So that you yeah. can't lean the seat back. Yeah. So I've never had this happen to me. Yeah. When it does happen, there will be fisticuffs. Because the argument You're is- going to stab him with a broken spoon three I'm, times? I'm, no, I'm going to take off that fucking seat recline thing, sharpen it to a point, and shank him with it. <laughs> I'm not going to waste a spoon and keep the fucking spoon. Because you need the spoon. So I've read about this so you, So you can eat the pain, oh, peanuts man, you paid for. I am fired up now. Okay. Let me tell you, I've read about this. So the argument that, that these, I want to say people, but really assholes is the word I think we should use. Okay. That they make is that, well, okay, you're you're invading my space. Right. Therefore, I can clip this thing on. And for our listeners that don't know why I'm so excited right now, it's like a little thing that you can buy that you clip on the seat in front of you. It keeps it, it from keeps reclining. The seat from reclining. Yeah. So it basically locks the seat in front of you in an upright position. I never position. recline my seat just because I don't want to piss off the people behind me and I'll survive the I flight. I am always trying to be super gracious. I try to make sure they're not doing stuff. Yes. If there's somebody behind me like using a laptop, for the most part, unless I'm super exhausted, I won't recline. Like... I try to be a decent human. Yeah. But that three degrees of pitch can make a real difference it in does. my life. Of so I want to use it, right? I paid the same $86 to fly to fucking Albuquerque that you did. Gravity is more your friend if you're slightly leaning back that's, than if you're sitting. That's true. So they, they clip these things on and the argument is, well, okay, this is my space. By the way, they can lean back too. If Let me say it another way, Jeff. Yes, yeah, put it another way. If I'm on a flight, we're flying from LAX to Sydney, yeah. right? And we're in economy. And the guy behind me clips on. I've never been to Australia. The seats are upside down. Let's just say, hypothetically, yeah. I'm, I'm by board my flight in LAX. I get on and we're in the air. And the dude behind me clips on the 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 thing As to you're keep going from reclining. Yeah. And I get up and turn around and it's the fucking rock. Yeah. I'm still going to fight him to the death still, to get those off. I'm taking those off. punch in his like, face. I would basically use the Louis C.K. line of saying, look, I'm taking those off. That's what happens next. You get to decide if we're in the newspaper or not. <laughs> like that's exa- that's actually what I would say. That would probably be my line. Oh, so you would God. fly in the plane that has AI flying the plane, right? Unless that AI clipped the little seat thing on the back of my seat, and then I beat the fuck out of the AI. <laughs> and then the AI would just get pulverized. <laughs> I would just get a with stick. With your bare fist. I would find it. You know, Ford has filed a patent this last week that uh, for a system that can remotely repossess your car if you're late well, on payments. Well, that was a left turn right there. This story is kind of amazing. It's a patent filed by Ford, uh-huh. and they can literally turn off your air conditioning and turn off your radio. If you need to, still for an emergency, get to a hospital, it'll, it'll allow you to still go to the hospital, but it can turn you off from driving other places if you miss your payments. So Ford basically filed a patent for Dog the Bounty Hunter. Pretty that's, much. That's also, impressive. Why turn the car off? Why not just have it drive you to the local bank so you can take money out and give it to Ford? The door suddenly locked. <laughs> takes you to the Ford dealership. You go to, the, you bank, to the bank and, then, like it, and then it drives yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. The glove box opens. There's a little mask that comes out <laughs> and a little toy gun. Sure. And you just go in, you get the money. Get a little money. Yeah. It doesn't matter what bank it is. You just go in, you get the money, you come back, you put it in a little slot and you're done. So I saw this uh, come up this week. Yeah. Uh, EasyJet 
and Finnair. Finnair, I can guess where it came from. EasyJet? What is there a country of easy? Yeah. I, I don't get oh, that. Oh, let me tell you, you want to get laid, go to easy. <laughs> that's, that's why. Wow. That's where EasyJet goes. It goes from other places to easy. <laughs> Hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah, in and out. You don't sure. even have to uh, don't even stay overnight. Just a one day trip. Where are you going? Easy. Oh, yeah. Have oh, fun. of course you are. We're taking easy, Jet, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, I am. Totally. How yeah. else would you get there? Uh, make sure you drink a lot of fluids. Stay hydrated. Uh, so, uh, EasyJet and Finnair flights made, uh, quote, unplanned loops over the Atlantic last week. That's you know cool. Why? I think you know why, because you, you tipped me off to this story. Yeah. So, this is uh, one flight from Reykjavik to uh, Manchester. By the way, just the countries might tip you off as to why they did it. You don't even, don't even know the, need to know the story. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. Iceland to, to, to England and then. Um, uh, a flight into Finland, they got a light show for the price of their airfare. Yeah. So a it, big light show. Yeah. And now, so I dug into this a little bit and of course the answer is Aurora Borealis. Yeah. Mother, which, Na- Mother nature's light show of the North. What I didn't know is that auroras are the result of disturbances in the magnosphere caused by solar winds. I didn't know that uh, the Northern lights was a direct result of solar winds. Desperately. I want right? to go see them live. How cool to see them on a flight though. Mostly what you're seeing is a, when you see them online is a time-lapse version yeah. of them. Yeah. 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 Which it's looks even cooler. Yeah. Because when you're live, they're not moving. But I'm like moving that. as fast. Yeah, sure. Yeah. True story. The word Aurora is derived from the name of the Roman goddess of the dawn, Aurora. Okay. Who traveled from east to west, announcing the coming of the sun. Do you see them at dawn? Is that when you see, you see them at pre-dawn? You see them at night? At night, yeah, yeah. The words Borealis and Australis are derived from the names of the ancient gods of the north wind and the south wind. Okay. So I'm just glad that it's called Aurora Borealis and not north dawn wind, which is what we would have ended I kind of like north dawn wind. Do you like wind. north dawn wind? Oh, I, I totally, tell, that was my band in college, by the way. That was the north dawn winds? The north dawn winds, yeah. 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 We were good. What'd you play? Tuba, tuba. Play the tuba. Yeah, all the big bands have tuba players back then. (laughs) Totally. Okay, up next, CJ is going to talk about removable media. I don't know why I came in today. Strap in, folks. (laughs) Hit the button. button. How we have moved data from device to device has changed significantly over the years. And it's important because everything you create and pretty much everything you consume has to come from and should go to Somewhere. I retype it all in. Do you? Yeah. When I go from one device to the next. You know, I think there used to be, I actually have never fact checked this. It's true, but early on in the Prodigy days, uh-huh. their bridge to CompuServe email was literally a printout that somebody would type into CompuServe. Oh, that's awful. Isn't that terrible? That can't be true. I read that somewhere a long time ago. I want to talk about this now because how we still move data around today in 2023 is kind of amazing. Okay. But let's first talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects, things CJ likes. Okay. Uh, that's one of my favorite You'd subjects. think that would be one of your favorites. It so is. You'd it's think high that up would there. Encom- encompass all the things you like. I like how you can tell the vintage of a technologist by asking them the first media they consumed. What was yours? Punch date. Was it really? Yeah. So you back to cards? Uh, before cards. Before it, tape? One single strand of tape. Oh, boy. The, the computer that I learned to program on was a, from a B-52 bomber. Okay. And we were getting, there was, I think, seven terminals. Okay. There was no, there was no monitor as you know it. Sure. It, typed out on a little, you know, like a typewriter thing. Yeah. It was time slicing across the seven terminals, sure. one computer, and it, it had punch tape. So every time you wanted to use it, you had to load your program in, and then you had to have it punch out, it yep. punch out a new version of your program with the changes huh. you'd made. Yeah. You look great for 90. Thank you. Like amazing. By the way, people see the picture of the two of us for this podcast, uh-huh. and they always think you're my son. Oh, huh. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, punch tape. Yeah, punch tape, okay. was, punch tape was a bit younger for me. So mine was five and a quarter inch floppies. Oh, well, you're much younger than well, I am. Well, yeah, but still, that's pretty old in the you know current Gen Z or landscape. If you had come from punch tape, five and a quarter inch floppies were dreamland. You're the, you're, you're the new kid. Yeah, I mean, it was the, the greatest thing that ever happened to us sure. when they came out. 
And then, and I'm, they were not double sided. And when they no, first they came out, they were single yeah, sided. Yeah, yeah. And you, that was still like. Did just you have the so... notcher? Did you have the puncher? Sure, of yeah, course. Yeah. Everybody had. It. Everybody had a notcher. Those are the best. Yeah. Um, of course, I got. Explain to the listener who's not fifty what it did. You have to go way back into the machine here. So these floppy disks had a magnetic uh, piece of media yeah. that was inside a case, and on the five and a quarter inch floppies, you could literally turn them over yeah. and use the other side, but. You had to punch a hole, a little notch on the side of the a disc. faux notch, so it would write. So the photosensor could write to it. Yeah, I have a um, I have a sheet of the old five and a quarter inch floppy write protectors. Remember the little silver tabs? Of course, of you course. Put on the side? Yeah, of course. I have a sheet of them that I've kept around forever. Just for, the adhesive for no hasn't reason. just died. No, they still this work. Time? This makes me laugh. I have one USB key that I put one on because I didn't want to write over it. It's my way of remembering well, to not write awesome. over it. Is it the one not to fuck with? Because it's got one. Hilarious. On it. so, there's no there's no write protect on a USB key. Um, the, some do, some have a switch on them. Oh, okay. some, you can get some SD cards, have a little switch on them so you can, I think most of them. the SD cards have them. I just yeah. haven't seen it on a, on a, so anyway, so, but three and a half inch floppies were sort of my favorite medium. Oh, when I spent they came a lot out, of, time of, course, of course, yeah, of course. Cause they were, they were hard and you didn't screw them up as much. Yeah, sure. Um, and I do, I distinctly remember downloading my first copy of Linux onto three, it was like 13, three and a half inch floppies. Oh dude, when I, I bought a copy of windows I don't remember which one, but it came on a zillion. Probably three one. Floppies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the sound of floppies. Do you remember that? Oh, I can. I will never get that sound. And the, right? AOL, and the AOL login sound yeah, oh, will yeah, never yeah. be out oh, of my one head. One of those is way better than the other. I, I do think it'd be really cool to write a little like driver so that when you're writing stuff on your Apple SSD, it just plays the old seek sounds sure. of your floppy disk. Um, also, while you're, while you're writing on your Mac, I want it to have the old Mac crash sound. <laughs> totally. Yeah. There are these guys that program the Floppatron. Have you seen the Floppatron? I'm going to yeah. put a link in for this episode. Uh, and it, it, they have the, uh, the these floppy drives playing the, the uh, John Williams Star Wars theme. It's not just it's not just floppy drives. There are hard drives that are making are certain... Are there hard drives in it? Too? Oh my gosh, oh, it's amazing. the greatest thing. It's the coolest thing ever. It's, there, are, there are hard drives and the little sounds the hard drives makes, which, which by the way, you've really got to amplify because sure. it's not a loud sound. Sure. Add whatever, whatever sound you need for... Mic it all. Yes, it's great. Well, it's amazing. Okay, I'm glad you've seen that. Do you remember floppy disk copy protection? Oh, when the, you bought a program yeah. that was supposed to be copy protected. How crazy was that Yeah, stuff? those were nonsense. Those were total nonsense, yeah. right? That was an art. They just mixed up all the sectors and things, and it was they just- They would do all you, sorts of weird shit. Yes, like yes. they'd write stuff in between the tracks. They'd write stuff on sectors that were marked as bad. It was. Right. It's a crazy art. Um, so anyway, so I came across this article in Wired called Why the Floppy Disk Just Won't Die. Okay. And as it turns out, floppy disks- Big surprise, won't die. Are still around. And I'm happy to keep these I don't around. even think there's anyone who still manufactures floppy no. disks. No, so yeah. So is that true? That is true. Sony stopped making them in 2011. Oh, not that long ago. And take a guess how many they were making in their last year. Just 10. 12 million. Oh, wow. And they quit at 12 and million. And they quit at 12 million. That which tells, I was you, like, tells you how much scale was required to make that worthwhile. Apparently, yeah. apparently it just didn't make sense. But let's take our listeners back a little bit, right? Yeah. I think a lot of folks don't know where this came from, especially our, our younger Gen Zers. So this goes back to the 60s, right? IBM wanted a read-only device costing less than $200 and a medium costing less than $5. That was sort of their design goal. Yeah. And where they started was an 8-inch diameter flexible disc, right? Called the memory disc. I've seen them. Do you know how much data it held? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. I didn't either. 80 kilobytes. Oh, wow. Right? And then they realized pretty quickly that because the disc was bare, Dirt became a serious problem. Sure, sure. So, they so they got a patent on this in June of 1972, and the floppy disk was born. Uh, and they were—I I should point out to everybody—they that were literally called floppies because they were floppy, floppy. Yeah, which is why they were called floppies. For perspective, a picture that I took on my iPhone 13 Pro of my son playing t-ball yesterday is 5.8 megabytes. Right. Which means that single pick would require 73 of these 80 kilobyte floppies 
from the 70s. So in the White article, they talk about this guy in Mississippi that travels to horse shows to do custom embroidery on jackets. Okay. Which, by the way, sounds like this an awesome seems specialized. gig. This, this is an awesome gig. So he uses this Japanese machine that he bought like five years ago for you know 18 grand made by Tajima. And it's like sort of circa 2004 when uh-huh. this thing was made. And guess what? It only takes floppy disks. Last year, Japan's digital minister declared, quote, war on floppy disks and other retro tech. He's not wrong to do that. Right? They had, check this out, 1,900 government procedures that still required businesses to use storage devices like CDs or floppy disks. Oh my God, my head hurts. Isn't that amazing? Like this late in the game, they still have procedure that's using floppy disks. It's amazing the people who have job security because of this or that business or government Their job is to run floppies. Well, none of that, but but I mean, they, they, they are the only person left who understands how to use this really antiquated piece of hardware or software. Yep. And so they have job security I, until they die. A long, uh, no, and all of them could be replaced by a Raspberry totally, Pi. Totally. Uh, a couple of years ago, I met with a friend of mine who's the CIO of a, of a large, pretty large company that's been around since went public in the seventies. Yeah. And I was talking to him. And I said, "Well, what were some of your biggest challenges?" And he said to me, and "I love this story." He said, uh, "I pay a guy three hundred grand a year to not die, and if that person dies, you're screwed." So what it was was their ERP they had built themselves and was running on some like IBM, AIX, whatever. This guy built it 30 years ago. In Cobalt. And they just kept paying him for when shit would break on it twice a year. And like, he lives in a house in Oregon. I haven't, I've never met him. Like, we just pay him to fix the things that breaks a couple times. And like, he keeps trying to quit and we just keep doubling his salary. He's like, that's my biggest problem. And I'm like, mm, you should probably fix that. Maybe throw it out and start over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's a bad idea. That. That's a really bad idea. So listen to this. This is crazy. And in the theme of our show, uh, a maintenance manager at Geosky, which is a cargo airline based in uh, in Georgia, uh, country, not state, still uses floppy disks to apply critical updates to two 36-year-old oh 747s. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? So these are 747-200s. You already have me feeling super unsafe <laughs> flying anywhere. So these are, now car- I'm, these are cargo now planes. Now I'm never getting on a plane. But, but listen to this. When an update is released, he has to download it to guess how many three and a half inch floppies. 50, 60, a million? I don't know. Two. Oh, that's even worse. I know. It's even worse. <laughs> the whole fucking update is on two floppies. Oh my gosh. Right? That's even worse. So, and he's like, there are no computers with floppy drives left. So they had to source an external one. And then the other bigger problem they have is getting disks. They can't find disks. He's like, all the later manufactured ones are garbage. So he's like, we buy yeah, them. Right. We use them three times. They, they, they get errors. They we have to throw last, them right? away. So, um, uh, you know, he's like, this whole operation takes like an hour for them to update you know, whatever the flight software on their 747s, which oh, I think, and now contrast that to retire the plane, contrast don't, that to don't your, just, don't just retire the floppy totally. dive, retire the plane. So, so that might be baby with the bathwater, but contrast that to your neighbor's Tesla, right? That's getting over the air updates of like, I don't know how big they are, but they gotta be hundreds of megabytes sure. at least. Good news. There's fewer than like 20 Boeing 747-200 still in service and they're only cargo and, and military. But they but, still are flying over my house. But well, listen, the air force operates six of them. Right, two of them are the ones that use Air Force One. Now I'm assuming they've updated. Oh my that. lord! I know. I'm assuming they've updated that, but that's the vintage of those planes. We've talked about this on on previous episodes. I'm hoping they at least have it like running on a you know double sided or something. Uh, three oh, and a half. I'm sick. Um, to, I'm sick to my stomach. Yeah, folks in airline maintenance and, and aviation engineers, if it works, they don't fuck with it. Right. right. It it it's bulletproof. So I'm not too worried about that. I just think it's amazing that there's this subculture of people that have to go buy floppy disks off eBay to keep these systems going. Okay. There's a couple different companies making uh, emulators. So they're actually making floppy disk emulators. So you can plug in like a USB stick to it 
and then it plugs into the floppy connector on the device and it emulates the floppy drive. This isn't better. Oh, it is. This if you is want to save not, the device. Oh, yeah. I don't no, want to save great. the device. That's the problem. I want to modernize. Bring the device into the modern age. Let's but do you not care about the embroider. Like the guy doing the, the horse jackets in Mississippi. Who, who fucking cares? Like this guy right now to get a design onto that machine. Yeah. He has a laptop with a USB drive to put it onto a, a fucking floppy. I'm okay with machine. the embroidery machine because nobody's going to die airplanes, if it sure. breaks down. Well, but an airplane's a different thing. You know, you have, and, and actually this, this runs into this next quote. This guy's just cheap. Tom Persky, who yeah. runs floppydisk.com. Yeah. So that's taken. Uh, <laughs> I was concerned. I know. I was thinking. I was very I was concerned about, about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You and I missed the fucking boat on that. <laughs> uh, this will surprise you. He, uh, that's a site that specializes in sourcing and selling floppy disks. Um, oh, yeah. In several right? formats. Yeah. So, so his comment on this is the lifespan of some of the industrial machines that use these floppy disks can be 30 to 40 years. And some of them are only 15, 20 years old. Yeah. So he's looking at another 20 years and you either, you know, take this emulation path or you buy floppy disks from this guy. He sells about a thousand disks a day. Oh which, my goodness. Right. Yeah. That tells you how much I'm shocked. I know. And he probably gets a lot of markup out of it. So, well, he said, he said he used to be able to buy containers of disks, full containers, shipping sure, containers sure. of disks for around seven cents each. Yeah. Right. And he's like, my current price on these. Who's he buying them from? People who just, who have bought a lot of floppies. Well, so and here's what's just funny. Overstocks? Reading some of his, I didn't talk to him, but reading some of his interviews, a lot of them, he just gets people that will call him like, Hey, we've got two pallets of these. Will you take them? Yeah. 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 So he's just like the guy that's collecting them. I have a bunch basically. of uh, unwritten CD ROMs. Does he want those? Uh, I think those degrade with time. Those are all. Of course they do. Yeah. Of course. They I don't do. know if those still work, but you know, he's selling these things for like over a buck. He sells the eight inch floppies for like eight bucks. Take that crypto. I don't think he's planning on waiting for the singularity to occur. This dude is 73 and he says yeah, he's going to retire. Well, listen, he said he's only going to work for another five years. And this is a direct quote. He doesn't think there's anyone quote foolish enough to take over the company no, from him. Right. And what he said is I'm 50 miles out from the airport. I'm in an airplane and I've run out of gas. He said, oh, my job is to land that's a plane. His business. Exactly. <laughs> he's exactly. Like, that's it. Let me get you to a soft landing. <laughs> yep. And then you're, and then that's it. So these floppy disks are still a thing and I'm sorry to make air travel even worse for oh. you. All right. Well, up next, Jeff's going to talk about a deep fake of another kind, the bold glamour deep fake. This week, TikTok has been slammed with users, amazed, shocked, and sometimes even terrified by a new filter called Bold Glamour. That sounds like a new Dorito flavor. Bold Glamour, the crunchiest. The part of the chips and guac act? Yes. The Bold Glamour? And we've seen lots of filters already, right? Some blur your skin for a better complexion, some sure. make your eyes bigger, some simply add ears of your favorite animal to your head, right? That's, yep. that's I, like. I was playing with the one that gave me a ponytail in the front of my head, and I could flip my head back. <laughs> And I swear I wasted Six five, hours later. five minutes playing with this stupid <laughs> totally. thing, thinking, why am I entertained by That's this? That's how Jeff got whiplash. What is different about bold glamour from other filters? Well, yeah. For one thing, it's really hard to tell you're looking at a filter. Lips and eyes are larger, face and nose are contoured to look slimmer, lashes are longer and thicker, especially on the outside, under eyes are highlighted, everything is symmetrical, the eyes are separated the perfect amount. And although TikTok isn't saying it yet, it's using AI. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been confirmed that this is an AI. Uh, TikTok isn't saying. TikTok isn't saying. So oh, we, sure. we don't know. But it sure smacks of AI. Now, we've had AI filters before. If you haven't played with the teenage look filter, sure. this will blow your mind. Yeah. It's you for sure only as a teenager. Not actually how you looked as a teenager. 
but how the you of now might be reimagined as a teenager. Search on it and you'll see a lot of tearful conversations people are having with their younger selves. In Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Harrison Ford is made younger with AI, but the younger Ford is actually made from images of the real younger Ford. This is not that, but it's still impressive. Yeah, for sure. So we've seen AI filters before. What's different about bold glamour, importantly, is believability. It looks like better. you're looking at yeah. a real person. And as it, you screw with your face and like as you're touching your eyes, it, it adjusts. It adjusts quickly. Yeah. I mean, there's the trick of like putting your hand over your eye and then pulling it away click quickly and you the filter yeah. can't keep up. This filter keeps up. Do you think they were sitting on this and they're just waiting like, oh, the U.S. is about to ban us? Let's give them something they can't unsee. Something really and fun. And they just drop bold clamor on us. Uh, you know, I don't know, but there's going to be a lot of these and they're going to be on every service that has filters. Sure. Once you do it, yeah, everyone will they imitate it. it. Yeah, right. of course. Everybody's going to get it. So it's not going away if you ban TikTok. Yep. It looks like you're looking at a real person, even though that person, or at least that version of that person doesn't exist. Yep. And that becomes very clear when someone turns off the filter mid video. Have you sure. seen this? Oh yeah. This is mind blowing. That beautiful AI created face is very different from the natural face. I think my wife feels like I did this to her after three years. Quote, when I first saw it, it was shocking how incredibly real it looked compared to other filters, unquote, said Lindsay Barrow, 28, who tried the filter in a TikTok video. But you were talking about this earlier, uh, about how uh, is AI or just, just, let's just call it computation at large, going to change consciousness. And this is why I think it's already happening, because you already have people that are seeing themselves and it's, it's, pardon the, the, the sort of expression here it's breaking their brains well i hope they have no delusions that this is what they actually look like the people uh, i've seen who who have it who are using it don't seem to be del- deluded I, by the fact that this is them you're certainly going to have folks especially like younger kids that are going to think this is the expectation of them i don't think it's necessarily going to be people are going to think this is how i should look but i, I do think you're going to get people especially younger kids who are going to go my god everyone else is so much more beautiful sure. than i am yeah i know mine's a fake but everybody else's yeah you might get that. But I mean, this is like, just think about when you get the, whatever, the glasses or the, the contacts and I can just be like, I'm going to make everybody green today. Click. And that's just your reality. It's your own version of reality. But that's okay. You know, you've changed reality. You're aware yeah. of the fact that you've, you've changed reality. Your brain, by the way, I'll probably just make the adjustment. You know, what's funny about that? You say that. Have you ever worn like yellow glasses? Sure. And then what happens after a while? You stop seeing the yellow. You stop seeing the yellow, right? Yeah, and then you, you take your them brain off. Just corrects them. So right. you say like, you're going to know everybody's green because you pick them that way. But I don't know. I think you're going to forget pretty quick. That's just going to be your version of the reality. The problem I think is not when you're putting on the filter, because that's sure. The problem is when somebody Somebody else else is putting on the filter, is putting on the filter. Exactly. Years ago, this is years, years ago. Like when Photoshop was, was in the single digit, very early versions. Sure. I went to a demo of Photoshop where a very well-known photographer was showing us his picture of a pop star. And it was a beautiful picture, lovely picture. and, And it was like, wow, he's such a good photographer. And then he showed us the original photo that the whole thing was based on. And it was jaw-droppingly different. This is like the final image was maybe inspired by the first image. I mean, same thing, contouring, eyes bigger, lips bigger, nose contoured, jawline pulled in. Like not even jowls just removed. The jawline actually pulled in to look correct. Absolutely mind-blowing. And Um, six hours of that guy's life has been replaced by... Eight milliseconds. Of, He's not the one yeah, who did it. Time. He actually was with the guy who does who sure. did the Photoshop work. And yes, it was a ton, ton of work. That's nothing that will surprise anyone who plays on Photoshop no, today. That's what's crazy. Because we're all used to that. No, nothing will surprise any kid using TikTok. 
or Snapchat with the filters, right? But it was hand done back then. Oh, a no, human I, I being it. did I, every move that made every choice. He had to be an amazing artist. I hope that person is retrained into something else. Right, because now that's the machine doing it in, uh -huh. in a split second. The pop star even told the photographer, you photographed me how I feel I look inside. That's amazing. It was it was kind of moving and it was also kind of sad because you don't sure. look anything like, like that, that at all. Yeah, yep. that's a younger version of you that never actually existed. Exists. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. That level of alteration is basically what's happening with Bold Glamour only in 2023. It's happening, as we were saying, without human intervention yeah. at 30 frames per second in real time on the processor of an ordinary smartphone. smartphone. You look at like things that even, what, 15, 20 years ago we didn't have and now we take for granted. For example, the first downline in football. That wasn't a thing before. That's not a real line. But when they draw that on, that's a bunch of processing power. That but it looks that, perfect. Right? You know what? I want desperately for that line. I want when they step on it, I want some of the little colored chalk to stay on their feet. So when they walk away, there's little colored footprints. You see the footprints. Wherever they go, they And get... they just slowly fade away. Yeah. That'd actually be super cool. <laughs> and you could do that, right? That could totally be done. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And it would be really cool because, and now especially, you when you first put that thing on, you barely got the frames out in time for people yeah. to see it. And it was a truck. Now, right. Now you get that thing out. Some it's dude just plugs effortless. in. Some guy just plugs in his iPhone 14. Completely effortless. It's all okay, powered by it. So bold glamour. Let me let me get back to bold glamour. How will this affect dating? I mean, think about think about somebody you meet, meet people meet online. It won't affect dating if people meet in a bar. In the case of dating where you're presenting yourself a certain way on on if, sure. if this thing is so realistic, and it's going to get more realistic from yeah. here. We don't go downhill, we go uphill. Sure. You're going to be fooling people completely with how with how you look. Yeah. But that's already been a thing with, you know, your, filters, well, but just, less so because most filters you can tell that angles looks like of your, a filter. I've got plenty of photos of me where I'm like, I do not look like that. How, do, how does this affect the fashion model business? I mean, think about this. There's already an agency called Deep Agency where you can have fashion models wear your clothes for whatever. And there's no real human being. That person has been generated by a computer. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're, you're at the point where it, to me, it totally makes sense in, a, in a, like a fashion show example. That's a great example of this where forget about the people that are in the room. Let's just talk about the, the thing you show whatever online. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want, like you're showing off the clothes. You don't, the people could just be no face. Well, or, you don't have to pay them for one thing. Well, that's the, that's where I think where part of that goes. Like you're just paying them for body kinematics, which right. by the way, we can all do pretty well now. And we're going to do that with actors and exactly. newscasters. And I think actually bold glamour is kind of cool. If you're a newscaster and you want to be a little better looking than you really sure. are. I mean, they don't give you the ability to, to, dial, to dial it, it in, in, which yeah, would yeah. be really cool uh, if you could just dial sure it. Like, oh, he's had a little, he's had a lift right here. You well, know, there's, a there's a checkbox on Zoom called like enhance my appearance. Which but is it doesn't just, enhance. It's terrible. Well, it doesn't make me worse. That you can sure. tell it's a filter and it because it's not yeah, a great it. this one you can't tell you can't tell so it's, it's, a just, it's just better it's just v3 but it's going to be a thing how is this not going to be a thing so people online that you see you just never believe that that's what that person this is what actually i was saying earlier like. about deep fakes like yeah. what are you going to believe you're going to believe your eyes your ears or you're going to believe what some nerd software tells you of nope jeff's using a filter and it's like well fuck you my eyes see that he looks nice right with my eyes how does it affect dating it makes it way better for the the medium, the middle of the road guy and the ugly guy. No, it doesn't make it better for them yeah, because eventually you meet in person. The whole point of dating, unless you're asexual, I guess, is mating. Yeah. Eventually we're going to be in the same you room. You wear the fucking glasses. But as I, long as my brain thinks you're hot, I don't care what everybody else thinks it's watching outside the glass. Oh, see, that's kind of important, isn't it? With the people watching? If you're wearing the glasses and you're deluded as to what someone yep. looks like, yep. you also, most people, I don't, most people care about what their friends think. Sure. And if their friends aren't wearing the glasses. Just fucking buy them the glasses. I just think the shock of someone Cry the wolf walking, your arm walking in to meet you on that first date and sure. they look nothing like that person. Yeah, in turn the, the filter on. In the filter. Well, uh, turn the filter. Give me the filter over. quick. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah exactly. Uh, there's a whole sub-industry that is 
makeup artists who are teaching people to do their makeup like Bold Glamour does their huh, face. That's interesting. So that in real sure. life they can look like sure, that so Bold Glamour like person. I, knew, I, I That honestly, brings up another issue because then what happens if you're dating that person and now they shower and you go, wait, what? Just do what I do. Don't shower. Problem <laughs> well, solved. Sure, problem solved. I, I, I'm, I'm being honest on this. I do not see a world where this isn't a thing. So take out the double negative. This is 100% going to be a thing all over. Why where we're all, we're all looking for like, how is bold glamour any different than, than putting on makeup? Isn't it the same thing? The point of makeup is to obscure what I look like. By the way, make me look I don't better. look any different on bold glamour. <laughs> and I know everybody says that because they act like, you know, we're so, I'm so beautiful, but I, because I have this giant beard, it yeah. doesn't do anything it to, just, the, to the beard. Just, it, it just, just rejects it. It's yeah, like, there's totally. The, yeah. Your fruit is divided by zero. Sorry, dude. Can't, help can't you. do it. Can't, can't help, help you. you. Yeah. Not that advanced. <laughs> yeah. Get, a, get three more supercomputers and then maybe. <laughs> It puts maybe in italics. No promises. <laughs> it just laughs. <laughs> yeah, just laugh emoji. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a miracle worker. Exactly. I'm just a futuristic AI. <laughs> what do you expect me to what do, do with that? Me? I'm not God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, you already did what he was going to do. And now this is what you look like. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to make this crocodile look like a human. That I can do. <laughs> that I can do. Just that no I can problem. do. That's easy. Sure. Crocodile, alligator. But you with the beard. No. 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 Uh-uh. Sorry. Good job hiding your face behind that thing. So in, so in your mind, we truly are living in a, or about to live in a post-reality world. Man. And I think the argument that we're right. already in a simulation makes sense. I really do. I know people say but, that's like. But it's, is it a simulation if you're the one wearing the glasses controlling the change versus someone else who's causing the change that you can't and you can't tell? Well, okay. Different, I mean, that's the makeup case. Same, I, same, I didn't control it. So I don't have the button where I can turn it off and go, what, is, what does she really look like? I sure. don't have that button on, on my glasses. Well, there. yeah. Okay. But that's because you and I are, are, you know, peasants. Like some people have the ability to see that, to see through. To see what through what the makeup, makeup yeah, looks yeah. like. Yeah. People that expect, like, I'm sure a makeup artist can look at someone and go. I know what they really look like. It feels more same, same than different. Technologically really cool. Oh yeah. Super cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, literally news news anchors never have to put makeup on again. You know, your, your thought experiment about dating to me, like it absolutely is going to be a thing. I haven't dated in like 50 years, but I can tell you that if I had to go back to the dating world, the very first thing I would want to do is tell you all the bad news. Sure. I would want all, all the way up front. And then if you stick around, great. Yep. But I want to drive up in a car with a dented door totally. and see if you still have any interest in yeah. me. I, this is going to be a thing. Okay. Up next, CJ is going to talk about saving time, supposedly. Or not saving time. As the case may be. Hit the button. I think this is one of the absolute dumbest things that we all do together as a, as a group, as a species, not as a species, Oh, as a group here, especially in the United States. Okay. Every year we do this and we're about to do it again this weekend. Okay. You know what it is? Uh, what is this? Watch the Oscars. Wasted. mm, Shit. This is gonna be a twofer. It's just wasted efficiency, wasted brain power and wasted time. Yeah. It's this weird hive mind idiocy thing that we do well apparently i'm in on it because i'm part you're of the def- hive, you're definitely you, you, you don't have a choice i'm dying you to have know what no this choice is. and we do it once in march and then we do it again in november daylight savings time oh well, yeah of course terrible fucking idea uh you know i have mixed feelings about this but yes go well ahead. we're gonna get into these i'm, 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 I'm interested I'm gonna, to see where you go okay so every year about 70 countries do this right well how are there so many countries who are who are smartly not doing it and we still do it why are people smarter than us is that what you're asking me i can tell you i have? can actually i can make a guess people who live closer to the equator don't do it. So yes. So if you're closer to the equator, for sure, right? Equator, tropical climates, you don't, your, your, your time of shift because the tilt of the earth doesn't really change. If you live up in in Lapland and Finland, you need, you don't need a 
You don't need an hour change. You need a six hour but change or a 10 got hour change. Japan, India, and China yeah. are the only major industrialized countries that do not observe some form of daylight savings time. Okay. Okay. So you still have a lot of people participating in this. And as we mentioned, all those sort of tropical countries, right? Anything that's like at, at lower latitudes generally do not observe this. Yeah. Um, that since, makes sense. Yeah. Because their daylight hours are, are similar in in summer, summer and versus in, in winter. Yeah. China, by the way, as a quick aside, has had a single time zone since uh, May of 1980. And they observed daylight savings time from 86 through 91, but they don't anymore. Uh, we had adopted uh, an official daylight savings time during World War One. Yeah. Right. But like lots of shit we adopted around that time. It was unpopular and, and soon removed. FDR signed a temporary DST into law during World War II, but it didn't continue after the war. The general belief is that it saves energy. That's why we think that's, that's how this started, is that it's an energy savings thing. Okay. Right? In 2005, you know, the U.S. extended daylight savings time. Days Do you know who it. lobbied for the extension? Not a clue. I thought this was fascinating. The Sporting Goods Manufacturers Association and the National Association of Convenience Stores. Why would they, why I, would they care? I'm what, assuming what you play they, more sports if there's more sunshine. Well, 7-Eleven, if they were literally only open from 7 a.m. to 11 well, p.m., you could maybe have more people come get Slurpees. I mean, maybe. Would that really make a difference? No, most of them are 24 hours. I mean, by the way, lobbying's not free. You don't do it just as a lark. No, they, I don't think they were trolling them. In uh, 1966, LBJ signed a bill uh, that put uh, DST to begin on the last Sunday of April and the last Sunday of October. Mm-hmm. And end the last Sunday of October, right? Um, and then they, they've tweaked the dates a couple times. Reagan did this, uh, and then uh, Bush did this in 2005, as I just mentioned. So, um, and we've been on the same we're schedule since, on since 2005. Yeah, yeah, we're still, yeah on. we're still on that. So um, the concept of daylight savings time has been proposed by several people around the world, largely independent of one another. Okay. It's often, Why? It's, well, it's often credited to Ben Franklin, right? The idea appeared in his 1784 essay, An Economical Project. In the essay, right. Franklin calculates the hours spent burning candles right, the cost and of the declares candles. an immense sum that the city of Paris might save every year by the economy of using sunshine instead of candles. He's making a joke. He's making a fucking joke, people. It was a satirical letter to the editor of the Journal of exactly, Paris. Exactly, exactly. Read the piece. It's hilarious. So it's like the fucking guy on the C-note is just clowning us from the grave with his He's not clowning. He, wa- he was trying to help us not go down that path. But 100 years later, in 1895, George Hudson, a New Zealand entomologist proposed shifting the clock two hours. So wait for it. Bug hunters would have more sunlight in summer evenings. Uh, seven years later, William Willett, a British builder suggested shifting the clock to quote, prevent the nation from wasting daylight. Willett made the, the proposal to the French. Were we parliament. all sleeping in? What was the well, problem? Yeah. So he made the proposal to the French parliament and advocated for it till his death in 1915. He conceived it in 1905 during a pre-breakfast ride when he observed how many Londoners slept through a large part of the summer day. He was an avid golfer and he disliked cutting short his round at dusk. So this is a guy who didn't want his fucking round to end. And no, he I like, get that. That makes Let's sense. Let's change the clocks. Sure. No, I'm, I'm all for Cause that. Because that's the simple solution. Right. So the idea of extending the hours would, would cut there energy There must have been some reason, some real beneficial reason for this other than bug well, hunting and golfing. The presumption is if you have people using daylight during the regular hours, right? Because we don't. But why can't we just all change shift our the fucking regular hours? Based- that's what I've been saying for a hundred years. Just go like in the summer months, we're going to start school at at nine instead of eight. Right. Is that hard? You know, in agrarian society, their daily routine is based on the sunlight because it has to be. Yeah. Right. Which totally makes sense. And now many farmers oppose DST, right? Especially listen to this dairy farmers because the milking patterns of their cows do not change with time. Of course not. So we just got to get all the cows, Apple watches. Is that what they need? Just get every cow an Apple watch <laughs> and then they'll know. Environmental economist Henrik Wolf 
of the University of Washington. What is an environmental economist? Well, we're going to find out. He's the same scientist who studied the morning-evening environment offset, found everywhere there is air conditioning, our evidence suggests that daylight savings is a loser. Oh, because, that's interesting. Right? That's very interesting. So you, so in, in 07, um, uh, it was a, a study that said that energy savings in cooler climates were offset by increased demand for cooling in warm climates. Oh, totally get that. Which totally makes sense, yeah, 100% right? 100% so get that. You're just moving the problem around, right. not to mention all the inefficiency that you're creating. So in 2010, a Utah state economist, another William, William Shuckart II, suggested that turning clocks forward and backward each year cost Americans about $1.7 billion of lost opportunity cost. Yeah. Now his math on this was, fa was fascinating. His calculation assumed that each person over 18 spent about 10 minutes changing clocks instead of doing something else more productive. <laughs> that was his math. His math was like population over 18 times 10 minutes times whatever, 45 bucks an hour. Hilarious. Boom. There's the answer. That's funny. As of 2013, only 37% uh, of Americans believe DST to be worth the hassle. In 2023, we still have 72 countries using DST. In 2014, there were 81. Okay. So it's going in the right direction, right? People slowly. are getting out of this. Wow. Slowly. Yeah. But here's what's crazy is that... It's constantly changing. And this is what drives me mad. Where I really discovered my hate for daylight savings time yeah. was when I was organizing meetings across different countries, especially across different hemispheres. Oh, yeah, sure. Because here's why. We change when we go into DST, not a DST is different across countries. Right. And then where you jump forward or back is different on the hemispheres. Yeah. Right? Because summer and winter are different. Right. So if you just simply send me a recurring meeting every Monday yeah. to meet to talk about nonsense production and I'm sitting in Australia, and you root it in Pacific time because you're in Los Angeles. Sure. From my perspective, that time of day will change four times across the year. When your time change hits, when my time change hits, and then when it unravels. Right. That is fucking madness. Which is why my recommendation, listener, if you're doing this and scheduling international meetings, root it in UTC. Because then it will only change when your time zone changes, which yeah. you're expecting. Not when rando Australia time zone changes. This was, I know this, if you haven't experienced this problem, it probably doesn't make sense, but it absolutely wreaks havoc on your calendar. Yeah. Because if you've got a recurring 10 a.m. every Monday, that's going to move around a couple hours. Sure. It's but then you've got an 11 a.m. That, that doesn't move around, they step on each other. Right. It's terrible. But listen to this. It gets worse. We actually have worse examples in history, and I didn't know any of these until I started researching this. So ancient civilizations adjusted their da daily schedules to the sun more flexibly than DST does. They would, Not by the hour? They would divide, they'd shorten the hour or lengthen oh the hour. Yeah. How crazy is that? So they would basically take well, if you daylight. if by a sundial, it's less of an yes, issue. Yes, exactly. They would take daylight and they would basically make 12 hours daytime. Sure. No matter how long it was. Or when it started, when it ended. So, so the Romans did this with, with uh, water clocks and they had different scales for different months of the year. And at Rome's latitude, uh, the third hour from sunrise started at 9.02 solar time and lasted 44 minutes in the winter solace. But in the summer stolas, it was 75 minutes long. Wow. So listen to this. Yeah. The Uniform Time Act of 1966 permits states to opt out of DST, which is what Arizona has done. Okay. And they can observe permanent standard time. Okay. But it does not permit- It's the wrong one. Exactly. It does not permit permanent DST. Right. Which makes so, more sense. Which is what, what Rubio is trying to do. Florida Senator Mark Rubio, yeah. Marco Rubio is trying to um, promote changing federal law to implement permanent DST. What's amazing is Florida is- you know, if not our southernmost like, state. Could have benefit the least from it. Exactly. Florida gets <laughs> yeah, 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 the least benefit from this. What, but you would argue that that because they have to deal with DST, they're feeling the most impact. because the most they, pain from it. Yeah. So they, they actually, I guess, if you really think this through, they might get the most benefit from it because they get the least benefit from DST. Yeah. So not doing it makes it the best for them. Yeah. Just because I, didn't, I, I knew we're going to have this huge 
uh, enjoyment from removable media. I wanted to go to time zones. <laughs> Amazing. We have to get out of here. But quickly before we do, have you seen or read anything good lately? Uh, my topics were floppy disks and DST. Do you think I read anything interesting? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we all know the answer is you no. You chose them. They weren't assigned. No, they chose me. I have a good show called The Reluctant Traveler. Have you seen this? No. I, I know I haven't plugged Apple TV yet this minute. Sure. But allow me to now. Sure. Tim, Gene, Tim you, you listening? Eugene Levy is the reluctant trial. Oh, yeah. What happened was the Apple executives wanted to make a show. Uh, I don't I don't know what to compare it to. Anthony Bourdain or sure. Phil Rosenthal's uh-huh. show. They wanted to make a travel show with, and they love Eugene Levy. So they had, they called him up and they said, let's do this travel show. This will be great. I would love this if you would be the host of the travel show, right? You're a funny guy. This would be a lot of fun. And Eugene Levy said, I don't like to travel. This is not a small something, problem. Yeah. This is not something in my world. Sure. I like to golf. I like to be at home with my family. Yep. I travel. It's just not my thing. Yep. And they said, oh, great. That's the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. It sounded like you said that's the show. Yeah. My phone's breaking up. And so, of course, they, I'm sure, had to up the money to eventually get him. Of course. But it's great. Really? Oh, yeah. They take him places where he is extremely uncomfortable. They take him places that are super hot and super cold and, and places you would never... You want to go ice bathing in the nude in Finland. I mean, it's... This is great. And it's really fun. I haven't seen all the episodes, but the first two, so much fun. I um, I just started listening to him on Smartless, and he sounds fantastic. So I'm looking forward to this. I'll check the this out. The Reluctant Traveler. It's really good that's the episode thank you for joining us for all this nonsense a truly terrible podcast from the awful company visit us on the web at nonsense.production i'm cj little i'm jeff parker if you like this program please follow download subscribe and like at apple or google Podcasts, amazon music iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts podcastindex.org special thanks to our floor director josh deutsch thanks josh we'll be here now every thursday morning not wednesdays for more nonsense please join us 